Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast is about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Thank you for continued listening. You know what it is. You know who it is. An Immigrant's Life podcast at Instagram, Facebook, and all the platforms. For the listeners or viewers of YouTube, please click that subscribe button. Let's grow that community. We're slowly growing and catching steam. I'd appreciate if you subscribe. You're listening. Just click the subscribe button, okay? And you, if you know anyone that wants to come on the podcast, that has an amazing story that should be told, hey, man, pass by, send me an email, animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. I'd really appreciate it. So enough with my rambling. Let's talk about the episode. I really like this episode. It's it's like hanging out with a friend. We're just shooting the shit. And I really enjoyed it. Also, this episode makes me feel like, you know when you were back in school and you were alone, you don't really have a friend. Maybe you have one friend who is not the coolest person ever. And then finally a group of kids or the that you thought were cool finally invited you over and they're like yo come over let's hang out this episode made me feel that way so without further ado let's get into the show isa dalawa tatlo today's guest is a stand-up comedian an actor and a podcaster he's half denzel washington half dave Chappelle. everyone please welcome abbas wahab Ooh, man, that's nice. I actually, I like that. I, that's that's the most flattering thing someone said. <laughs> hey, Wabas, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it, man. Hell yeah. What did you open with? What was the very first thing you said? Oh, it's a uh, Filipino. It's one, two, three. Oh, okay. Very yeah. cool. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know what you were, but looking kind of Asian with the Spanish <laughs> name, you can only really go Filipino, right? Hey, man, you can get wrong, yeah, man. Yeah, trial and error. <laughs> that's what I tell people. If you see an Asian, ask their last name. If it's Spanish, there is no way Filipino. he's not Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to be here, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate the intro. Uh, yeah, I'm... Um, I host the Immigrant Section podcast for the listeners out there. The way we, I guess we connected is we are, uh, we both cohabitate this immigrant podcast space, right? So yes, sir. if you don't know about me, check me out. Check out the Immigrant Dilemma podcast. It's the trifecta of immigrant podcasts. Yeah, the holy sure. grail. I mean, a lot, I'm, a, I'm a fan of your podcast, first of all. That's why I reach out. I was hoping like, yo, I'm going to hook up with him. Hopefully he thinks I'm cool. We'll see. Hell yeah, but so far you're pretty cool, bro. <laughs> yeah, I try, you know. Um, I did some research on you. Were you original from Toronto? No, from London, Ontario, two hours away from Toronto. But you moved from somewhere else before that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, I'm originally from Sudan. So I was mm. born in Sudan. I'm Sudan. I'm Sudanese. Then I came to Canada when I was uh, in first grade, six years old. Oh, very young. Yeah, very young. So I did all of first to twelfth grade in London, Ontario. You do, obviously, you don't remember Sudan at all. I do, I do, and uh, not not from when I was born there. So it's because I went, I went back mm. in those twelve years. Every five years, I would go there for the summer. Oh, was that a decision, personal decision, or the parents' decision? 
It was the parents' decision. Absolutely. I mean, I can't, a 10-year-old can't personally make the choice to fly to Khartoum. But like we're a family of eight, me, uh, six siblings, two parents. So you could imagine for like an immigrant family how much those flight costs are. Ooh. So we only went every, you know, periodically, every five years or so. At least you're coming back. Some people can't even come back, dude. Exactly. That's a good point. Most can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> or some people, they don't even want to come back. And all I know is that they don't grant Sudanese visitors passport, uh, visitors visas anywhere in the world, unless <laughs> unless they're going to Saudi Arabia to do Mecca, or sorry, to do Hajj. Mm-hmm. You're not going. Australia is not going to grant you entry. So, uh, Canada, America, they all assume you're gonna stay. <laughs> yeah, dude. Same with Filipinos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can't so- even apply for refugee. Yeah, there's two. You've saturated the system already, right? <laughs> We're all over the place, you know. There's too many of you. They're like, We're trying to give some back. <laughs> Hells yeah, man. I mean, even back home, there's too much of us. Oh, uh, what's the capital of the Philippines? The Philippines is an island. What's the capital? Is it hella, hella dense? Uh, it's called Manila. No, what's the, sorry, the population rather, not oh, the capital. Um, the last time I checked, it was like 90 million. Damn, in an island nation, huh? Dude, we're busy, man. We wow. get busy. Holy shit. 90. That's that's the capital. I think Sudan is high nine, high 80s, 90 million. If you compare the landmass, it's literally probably at least 15, 20 times the size. Yeah, but Sudan is mostly desert, right? Desert, yeah. Kind of the same vibe as Canada being mostly like just prairie and uninhabited space. Yeah, that's why they're saying like, oh, you know, Canada's big. Yeah, it's big, but... You can't live in the north. Exactly. I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, I want to stay. I want the border to open so badly because I want to go on a road trip to the States. But I told her it's so funny how we don't even consider doing a road trip in Canada. Where are you going to go? Manitoba? Like, where am I going to drive? Where am I from Toronto? Where am I going to drive? You know, besides Windsor and Montreal. Well, where yeah. am I going to go? I mean, it's nice in the uh, by New Brunswick. It's nice. Yeah, there. Exactly. But the gap between, say, let's say the States. You go into Detroit, you you go past Cincinnati, you see Cleveland, you see India, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is on your way to New York, we'll say. Or you go past Pennsylvania. Like, there's a lot of landmarks. You, what do you have be- between here? You have Montreal, a bunch of space in Quebec. <laughs> Just I like, know, dude. There's some people, a friend of mine that lives like in somewhere in the edge of Manitoba and Ontario. I'm like, dude, what are you guys doing there? There's nothing to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, it's it's all family vibes and small town. And I, I've never even been to Manitoba or Saskatchewan. Mm. Only Alberta. I've been to Ontario and Alberta, and I can extrapolate what's in the middle. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think, I mean, I've been to Ontario, obviously, close by. I think that's it. I haven't been anywhere. Where are you in Toronto? I'm in uh, Montreal. Are you in Montreal? Okay, all right. Yes, yeah, so that's why there's a month. Montreal's got that cool vibe, you know? Uh, You're in curfew right now, then. Yeah, dude. It's bad here, man. There's Nazi season over here, man. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. It's bad. I mean... Crazy. How about in Toronto? How's it? uh... No, not at all. I mean, you can't dine in. You can't... There's no seating in anywhere. It's all takeout or, you know, pick up. But it's definitely not like after some certain hour, you can't be out or you can't this, 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 this. Just don't be together, wear a mask. You can't eat anywhere. That's the extent of Toronto for the most part. 
Mm, yeah, it's crazy. I don't it, when the premier said like, oh, by the way, we're gonna drop some uh, uh, lockdown. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then they did the curfew. I'm like, what the fuck is this Philippines? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't even imagine a curfew, man. I can't even imagine it. I've never even in Sudan seen a curfew. I mean, I've growing up in the Philippines. I had we have curfew all the time. Oh, is it? Is it? It's normal in Philippines. Yeah, dude. Well, what's uh, what's the like the details on it? What time and everything? I believe it's ten o'clock. Nobody's outside past ten unless they're working. Yeah, there's people goes outside. Who no one gives a shit really. If the okay. police, you know, if, okay. Let's say a town has like I don't know, maybe a million people. There'll be like ten cops. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so they 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 bribe easily. Like it's a lot of bribery there, huh? Yeah. Exactly. Or you know the guy. You know the police. It'll be like your uncle or a friend of your uncle. Gotcha. Okay. 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 So teens are always out past ten. Oh, dude. Yeah, we were gotcha. out all the time. I remember growing up, we hang out in the streets because most of my cousins are gangbangers. Oh fuck. Okay. So I hang out with them, but I don't do anything stupid, right? So when the police comes, we can see them from the street coming down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So the gangbangers runs. I don't run because the police respect my grandma. Oh, so, so they literally know you. They know me. Oh, so they know hoodlums versus like a a, a town kid. Exactly. So, gotcha. but the thing is, those gangbangers are my cousins. So they know them, but they know that they became bad apples, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, you fucking. What's a what's a typical um, what's a, what's a typical uh, Filipino guy's name? Uh, I don't know, like Manny. Manny. Nah, Manny's not uh, normal. It's, it's Edwin will be normal. Edwin, okay. It'd be like, hey, yo, Edwin. Like, so <laughs> Edwin turned at some point. At yeah. 14, he started running with the wrong crowd. Oh, well, you know, growing up, you know, we grew up with drugs and everything, dude. It's bad. Legit, How about in Sudan? Huh? Are there drugs in Sudan? There's drugs everywhere in the whole world. Oh, But sure. uh, in Sudan, Sudan is shit a lot, like Saudi Arabia. Oh. So, like, you'll be arrested for alcohol. You'll be arrested, like, you'll be arrested if you have a beer on you. Like, alcohol is forbidden it is illegal it is mm. so forget about drugs or weed or anything like alcohol will get you arrested every <laughs> e every substance will get you arrested in sudan sudan has like you know how you're saying uh, that's the vibe over there in manila in, manila. in khartoum the capital of sudan there's uh there's normal police who drive around and there's uh islam police oh this is my friend told me he Lived in Riyadh for a bit. They're like, yeah, the, Saudi's got the same thing. I yeah. forgot their names, but it's literally like, imagine Boy Scouts that drive around in a pickup truck, like without guns. They look just like cops without guns, but they're like, they pulled me over when I was there with my cousin mm. walking. They're like, mm. hey, your shorts are too low. And they started just abusing us, like just fucking around. And my cousin would have to be like, oh, please, he's he's a Canada boy. He doesn't know he's a Canada boy. <laughs> That's funny. Do you speak the language? Yeah, I speak Arabic, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's Arabic? It's Arabic, yeah. Okay. Is there like a dialect? Yeah, yeah, but not very aggressive dialect in the way that like if Saudi was like... Actually, Saudi and Sudan are pretty similar and Egyptian. They're all... Like, my dialect would be like... It'd be like, I guess Sudani, I kind of, you could say, because we're more African, we're kind of more like Southern. Like, imagine the English accent. Mm. You could say we're kind of like a Tennessee accent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
like your country a little bit. So that would like that slang, them some yeah, spice. Yeah, yeah. So like um or Anafar went like this would be like typical Arabic. Anafar and then the Sudan would be like, like it's I can't I don't know if you can tell the difference, but like I can't tell the difference. It's kind of it's kind of like more rural is the vibe that I get. But I don't like I'm not like amazing at all the dialects, but that's the Sudani thing compared to all the other Arabics. Like everyone else will understand us. Mm, it's the same with Filipinos. We have the, the language called Filipino, but that language came from the dialect called Tagalog, which I speak. Ah, oh, where yeah. did that come from? I don't know, dude. Like way far back? Oh, from the Malays. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay, from okay, like okay, the, okay. from Indonesia, from Malaysia, when they came there, when they came to so, the Philippines. So this, so the Spanish coming and the French and all that that made it Filipino, or how did it change? Uh, no, we the the first first original people that came to the Philippines came from Malaysia, Indonesia, those area, from the Java area. Okay, and then okay. the amazing um, Spanish came and says like, amazing. "Fuck this shit, boys! This is what's gonna happen now." And the funny the thing French is, did that too, right? Like it, I heard that Philippines got conquered like three, four times or something. Okay, well, first it was the Spanish for like three hundred plus years. Yeah, that was you're like that sucked. So. Yeah, that sucked because <laughs> yeah. they took all the land. We were slaves. You're talking about conquers like it's ex girlfriends. First it was the Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the longest three hundred years of my life. You know what I mean? Right? I mean. She was great in bed, but you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> Terrible policy. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> policy. You know, you have to do dishes all the time and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so them, and then this, the American came, bought us from the Spanish. And then World War II came. It was the Japanese for like two or three years or whatever, or four years, actually. They had you for a transitionary period. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because, <laughs> no, the thing was, so the American was... Taking care of the taking care of the Philippines, and then this World War Two came right, yeah. And then the Jap- Japanese came attacked Philippines, and uh, then assume control exactly. And then the F- Americans, they're like, "Fuck this! We're not gonna deal with this. Let's go to Europe and help them out because they're actually they had yeah, yeah they had no men men to spare to fuck around in Philippines exactly. I was like, "Fuck these brown people! Let's go <laughs> yeah. to the white people over there, help them out, <laughs> and then we'll come back." Like General MacArthur, the general of the the U.S. Army, he actually said, "I will be back." Well, that's where Arnold Schwarzenegger got it from. Yeah, right? pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah, he came back. Yeah, and he yeah. kicked. He kicked the old Japanese's ass. Cool. Oh, but- d- damn! He he he. That was the first. Uh, generals don't fight. Generals aren't like politicians. They're honest with their word. Huh? He yeah. came back. He was. So actually, he came back. He, he, yeah. There's a re. Well, I read a little bit about him. He actually wanted to come back. I, he actually didn't want to leave because he mm. knows it's gonna happen if he leaves. We're done. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. But then he comes back. But really, the states help him because they need the Philippines. Yeah, because the states just wants the little like remote alliances throughout the world, so it strengthens them. Yeah, and also it's a Philippines is like the perfect position. If that's you're the in same Asia. with Israel, yeah, yeah, same with Israel too. Same idea in the Middle East. It's a strategic location they need an alliance with. Exactly, but now the president's like the Americans get out of here. Now so okay, okay, okay. So, but you guys got independence. I'm assuming a while back. 
Yeah, nine, well, originally it was from the Spanish. It was like 1898. Yeah, but from the so the 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 Americans came back, took it from the Japanese, and then when did that fizzle out? Oh, after the war, it was like 19 whatever. So after the war, you guys were just you. Yeah, well, yeah, you. But you know, the Americans are just on top of us, watching us, making sure we're not doing anything stupid. Till this day. To this day. Well, so, not, like, what what do you mean recently, uh, in a day to day from from a someone living in Manila mm, who's like a teacher or an engineer living day to day life? Mm, do they see any sort of American intervention? Any they see America or involved with America in any way? Not, you know what? Not any, not much anymore because of the president. He's anti-American. Isn't he? The, isn't he crazy? Isn't this president like insane? He's like he, when COVID came around, he was sending like people to k- just kill if you were out. No, that's when he started. He's because drugs is rampant in the Philippines. Rampant. Oh yeah, and he's super against them, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, sure against. So he's like, "Yo, if you know your neighbor do do drugs and you have a gun, shoot him." Oh, really? <laughs> and did people kill anybody? Not really, because you know Filipinos. They're we're very close. You know, we're very okay. close knitted. It's more of like gangs versus gangs kind of deal. You know? Gotcha. Gotcha. But you okay. as a president, you don't say shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. That's that sounds like some Trump shit, literally. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why when they're saying like, "Oh, Trump's terrible," I'm like, "Oh yeah, check out Duterte right now." I and mean, he's, he's like not super, even bad. He's like super anti-gay, and he and, and like every time I see pictures of him, he's like wearing leather pants, right? <laughs> Isn't that the guy, or is that like Singapore or something like that? I no, forget. that's a different guy. He always this guy, our president or the film's president, he wears like shirt or a filipino like traditional Attire. shirt gotcha yeah. okay okay yeah so that's what okay, it must about. be a different must be some other southeast asian like hey guy you're probably thinking it's either thailand no thailand is king it's probably yeah, yeah okay 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 yeah then that's what it is it's the king of thailand i'm thinking about the king of thailand yeah he's, he's like yeah he's just like an obnoxious figure <laughs> oh <laughs> like, man they're they're crazy they're here i heard that he has like a he had like a side side piece on the side. Oh, and, and she was known. She's like in the, out <laughs> in the open kind of thing. And she made like she made that woman say sorry or something to the wife, <laughs> like in national. There's TV. a video. There's a video. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it. It's so crazy. She's like that's his known official mistress or something like that. Exactly. Like, so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. So you said you were you moved to London, Ontario. Why did you guys move to Canada? Just, uh, you know, we were actually in Oman for three years before. So mm-hmm. I left Sudan, like my family left Sudan when I was three. Born in Sudan, left when I was three. Moved to Oman, Muscat, which is right next to Yemen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we lived there three years. My dad had, you know, a good position as a, he was an economist. And then we came to Canada because he just knew that he just wanted to kind of have us be educated and have opportunities outside of the Arab world because the Arab world is like a powder keg. So like you could tell, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my dad wanted to give us a passport that has automatic visa entry for most countries in the world. You know, yeah. Canada, Germany, U.S., Switzerland, you know, one of U.K., France, one of those list of countries that you're good after that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. Canada was very receptive to new immigrants. Actually, I'm not even 100%. I was six when we came. I just know what he said. He came for opportunity and for us to be able to get an education. But when he came, 
none of his shit got recognized. His degrees, his, his experience, nothing. So he drove a cab for almost 20 years. Ooh, yeah. it's always it's all that's always the case. The story, man. yeah, story right. told a thousand times. Oh, you're a chemical engineer. Cool story, bro. Drive a cab. Exactly. Like exactly. The idea is because you're from a different country, and that's not good enough. Exactly. I mean, my dad he got his master's from Holland. He got it from Europe, and they still weren't recognizing it. What? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that from Holland. You know. That's crazy. Like from the Netherlands. Man. They don't even recognize it from the Netherlands. <laughs> well, how did he take yeah. that? What? How did he take that? Like that answer? Yeah, like being like, I graduated from this university and whatnot, and they're kind of just like, oh, cool story, drive a cab. Oh, well, he kept going back to Oman at the beginning, trying to line some other stuff. But eventually, you have six kids. You got to start working. You got to start doing something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Imagine I came, I was six, my brother was seven, my little sister was three, my little brother was two, and I had an, an older brother that was, let's see, 10, and an older sister that was 12. So imagine ages three to, th- you got to start working immediately. You know what I mean? For sure, so man. Like you're driving a cab, but you're applying for other stuff. So he went and learned French mm. just so he could be an official translator to French, English, and Arabic. And he did? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He learned French in a year, pretty much, and like wow. was an official translator. He liked languages, and he already kind of knew some French from his life in Europe. Oh uh, wow! Man. So, so that's side money. Now you're doing those immigrant side hustles, you know, official cab driver, official translator. You know what I mean? Like one guy might be a notary. A, a notary. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone's trying to do side stuff, but but the goal for us was to all become, you know, the immigrant story. All of us were to become doctors or engineers, <laughs> right? Of course. Yeah. And so did, when you guys moved, was there like an apartment or a house that you guys stayed in? Yeah, we moved right into subsidized housing. In, uh actually, we, we bought a house now in London right next to the original area we moved into. But yeah, it was like a three, four bedroom house, all eight of us in there. And then for the first 10, 15 years, we moved between two or three subsidized homes. So like townhomes that have three, four bedrooms. Or four bedrooms on the most part, because we, you know, we're a big family. Uh, four bedroom townhomes for about the first t- ten years in Canada, mm. and then we bought a house. Oh, okay. And your mom was she was she working? No, 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 no. My mom now she like she makes she like uh, sells baked goods out of the crib. So it's like a small thing, but before COVID, it was actually pretty good money. But uh, no, my mom never had a job outside of the house. Briefly, she helped uh, like in the mosque, like Muslim community type stuff here and there. But no, she was a uh, a stay at home mom and a housekeeper for like uh, or a homekeeper rather for, you know, most of my life. You probably drove her nuts, man. No, no. My mom loves me. I'm a mama's boy. I'm a mama's <laughs> boy. My, oh. No, man. I bro. What I drove her. I was the guy. I was the guy who did all the things, bro. You were the dude. You were like you were the moocher. No, 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 not the moocher. I was the guy who like I I became I became an engineer. I got an engineering degree. Oh I worked as an engineer. I did all the things I was supposed to do. You know what I mean? A good so, boy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like a good I I played it uh straight. I tossed that ball straight down the line. And uh so I mean my mom n- no matter what I do at this point, she can't really say shit because hey, I did the thing you guys wanted, you know? Hmm. 
You planned that, or did you plan it to make sure that you please them, or it no, was just... no, 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 no? It was I was totally thought that I wanted to be an engineer. Hmm. It was so standard, like them talking about you will be an engineer that eventually you think, no, I want to be an engineer. You know? Oh, I came. You. It was like um, it was like a mind control something like that. Essentially, yeah, man. <laughs> you they sold you on the dream. You got sold on a dream, and eventually became. And it took me becoming one to realize what the fuck is, what am i doing what is this what am i doing right now you know? you're like manchurian candidate yeah essentially man it took all that to unravel and realize oh i was just i was just doing i was just kept, kept saying yes and ended up in a thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. i watched one of your videos on youtube and you said you grew up in london ontario and you were trying to act white the whole time yeah i mean but when i say act white i mean i was really not trying to be sudani i would not be caught dead speaking arabic like i'm talking about in front of my canadian friends in front of my sudani friends it's all normal because we all live in the broke neighborhood we're all living in the subsidized housing together there's no secret of what our lives are but i'm talking about when i go to school where 95 of my classmates are white i'm not speaking arabic I'm not talking about Quran class this weekend where I got hit to memorize Quran. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm talking about basketball. I'm talking about I'm trying to be funny. I'm like Halloween. You know what I mean? Like I'm not talking about anything Sudan, Arabic, Islam, nothing. You know what I mean? Because of is that shame or you just want to fit in? I just want to fit in. I just want to fit in. I don't want to be different. And then when did that break? When did you realize like, what am I doing? You, Because eventually you realize, and it's not like an active thing. It's not like I actively mm. went that way. Because now the majority of my friends are, a lot of my, a lot of those people I hung out with back in the days was still my good friends. You know what I mean? I've just kind of shifted a little bit with just how I am as a person. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I almost thought that I would <clears throat> shape or form an identity somehow at some point. But you realize you are who you are the whole time and you just, you just eventually you get to a point where it's not cool to it was cool to just be part of the norm. I've at one point it flips where it's cool to just be you. Just do you. Figure out mm. what you like and just do you. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, because what you are trying to do is like please them, but in Please your, everybody. Exactly. And you but inside you're like, that's not me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. You and know. just that goes on for years. And at 25 is when I did my first open mic. Mm. And uh, you know what I mean? So like it was years in school. I hated engineering school, but I hated it. I never went to class, but I just thought, oh, this is you're not supposed to like school. It's school. Of course, you're not it's boring. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to like your degree. That was my thinking. I just got to get it. It's going to be hard. To just let me get the degree. And then when I get that job, then I'll have freedom and money and then everything will be good. And then you get the job and you get the freedom and you get the money and you spend it. And for a year, it's all great. And then after a year, it all goes back to that empty feeling you had in school. <laughs> Two years of that happened. And then I started stand up and then I would do like the office at night, the office during the day and stand up at night for like a year. Ooh. Did you always want to be a stand up? No, I've always loved stand up. I never wanted to be a stand up. I never thought about being a stand up. I never thought it was possible to be a stand up. I never even thought about doing any art. 
I didn't, my mind wasn't wired to think like that. I did not think I could do anything in my life besides be a doctor or an engineer. If I really fuck up, I could be like a business person or a lawyer or something. <laughs> so much pressure, man. Yeah, yeah, so much pressure. And, uh, and then, bro, I had to, I was an engineer in Detroit and I had the car I always wanted and I had a place and I was just so like, I had like a, a crisis. Like I was depressed a little. I didn't know what was going on. And I started reading career books. Like what the fuck is happening? And then I just realized just through reading that I was like, oh, I'm not like, I got to be honest with myself. Like I'm, I just ended up here because I was sold this idea. And then I just ran in sixth grade. When, sorry. When I was like nine, third grade, if you ask me, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be like an engineer, nine <laughs> years old, bro. Oh, I'm going to be an engineer. <laughs> Manchurian candidate, man. You're yeah. programmed. You can't say anything else. It, like for you, your brain is like, that's all you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, um, I didn't even, I couldn't even tell you what the fucking engineer does on a day to day. I could be like, they invent, bro. If someone asked you, if a smart person be like, what does an engineer do? I'd be like, they invent, man. They create whatever. What do you mean? What did they do? Get out of here. You, you see what the bridge? What does a doctor do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's funny, man. But what yeah. kind of engineer did you finish? Nanotechnology engineering. Holy shit, man. Yeah. That must be hard. Mm, it sounds it sounds impressive. That's why I went into it. <laughs> <laughs> so can you like can you like build like robots? No, not at all. I I couldn't. I mean, people I graduated with are doing crazy <laughs> shit, but not me by any means. No. <laughs> the, same, the same with me. I finished a computer technician. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I don't know anything. Oh, man. Like, it's what I learned and what I did in, like, the first job I got in three years. As soon as I graduated, I pretty much moved to the States. I was in Detroit automotive industry for two years, and then I went to Silicon Valley for a year in mm. 2017. So I was really in this engineering life. And, like, in those three years, I don't think I used 5% of the curriculum of what I learned M less than five. I don't know. I Maybe I did multiplication was the most. You're never doing math like they teach you. You're never doing science or physics or anything like they teach oh, you. Forget about algebra. Yeah, yeah, they're not. You're never doing any of those things. Those things are. It's almost more of like a boot camp, a mental boot camp. If you mm -hmm. can pass this and get this degree, you're showing your employers that you can do hard stuff and learn mm -hmm. anything. That's more of the vibe. So what did you do as an engineer in those companies? I was I I went straight to a program manager. I, I jumped many steps. Just I luckily jumped many steps just because I was I could talk, had some <laughs> charm. And at this point I didn't know I was always the funny guy and all that shit. So uh I was just using that, but still gung-ho about engineering because I thought that's my degree. I got the I did five years of that bullshit. Now I'm gonna get some money. That was mm. my mindset, right? So I got a job as a program manager, which is you pretty much, I don't know if you've worked with program managers, but it's a project manager. You, you manage projects. You like, let's say I, okay. I moved to the States and, um, do you know the Ram 1500 Dodge Ram? Yeah. Yeah. It comes in an eco diesel V6 version and it has a little tank in it called a urea tank. Any diesel, big diesel truck for the most part has, uh, not just a fuel tank. It has a little, tank called a urea tank because hmm. diesels burn so dirty you need to spray this ammonia fluid into the diesel stream because the chemical reactions and uh happens and 
what comes out is like nitrogen and oxygen that's actually benign for the environment. So but it was very harmful nitrates before. So you have to carry this liquid around in this little tank. And I was a program manager for this tank on the Ram 1500. So it was a, a part that's already in production. I would just have to call if the plant at Detroit was having trouble assembling them in. They would call me if our plant had a trouble, you know, actually uh, building them. They would call me to tell Chrysler. So you're just the middleman. You're a liaison via email and phone calls. That's what program manager does. Wow. So pretty much like the boss says, oh, we need to do this. We're like, hey, guys, that's what we need to do. Literally, li <laughs> exactly. Like Chrysler goes, hey, uh, I represented my company for this product. If anything happens with this product, let's say next year they're planning on doubling the volume. Let's say uh, it has a quality issue. Let's say uh, on the road, it's failing a lot. Whatever, they reach out to me and then I reach out. I go to the either go to my quality engineer internally, either go to the, my, my account manager internally. I either go to my supplier quality management internally. You know what I mean? I just decide where it goes. I'm literally like a gate of not, of information. That's all it is. That's all it was. <laughs> that's a good gig, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I was doing that. And like, I got money. I got a nice, I got a BMW. I always loved cars. I've been a car person. Mm. And uh, I went to BMW. I ordered a car. They built it in Germany. Like, I was like, yeah, I made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Baller, man. Bro, I was so stupid, man. I was so stupid. Why? Bro, I first year out of school, I go to Detroit and I I, I, I lease a $70,000 car on a $60,000 salary. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, one month into this job, I, I'm not even finished the three month temporary 90 day <laughs> probationary period. I signed a three year lease. They're building it in Germany. Like, like I would my it was ghetto dreams. Like, you know, when a rapper gets money, they right yeah. away splurge. That's yeah. how it was for me. So it was always what I wanted. But that war that the 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 love the happiness that that gave me wore off quick. Mm. And then the reality of just doing this career that you have no business doing started to settle in a year into that yeah for sure because you were you were cheating yourself yeah essentially you know who was growing up who was stricter your mom or your dad my mom is she the michael jordan of beating your ass no see i was always i was like always since like fifth sixth grade i was always like top of the class and everything i was like the star student you know what i mean i was like i was like the middle kid that like be like our best you know and i'm in my room all the time like you guys aren't like me you know what i mean like bro it fucked me up mentally okay <laughs> you were busy kissing ass yeah yeah exactly literally till this day it's five ego issues because of it <laughs> you know and now i'm at the bottom so it's like a lot of reconciling these ego issues oh man that's a that's a lot of work dude yeah. Oh man. It's, it, but it's, it's very humbling to leave uh, six figures at, to zero income. It's the best because like now my life has totally shifted now and COVID has been a beautiful renaissance for me too, mm. that I like, I'm almost thankful for, you know, Be because I've just been on Serb and CRB for like a year doing, working on content nine hours a day, mm. just like getting gut, like the government is funding my art. Like you couldn't, <laughs> this isn't a scenario that could have happened if it weren't for COVID. Yeah. Some people took it hard and some people, they just flourish on COVID. Uh, 
Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and I have, you know, it, 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 and it's a perfect way to put it. Is some some people got jacked and some people became circles. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. You've seen people who've either inflated or just become prison jacked. Yeah, <laughs> like Mike Tyson. Literally, literally. So like, Came up from- that, that's the body's embodiment of what happened mentally too, or career-wise. A lot of people either just were like, they just fucking collapsed into just being like, I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Or they were just like, this is my opportunity. I was going down a dead end path and I didn't know how to stop it. And everything stopped because of COVID. This is my opportunity to change gears. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, for me, that's how I started the podcast. Like COVID, I always want. Really? To, yeah, that's Hell how. Hell yeah! I, there we go. There you go. So you're the jacked. Your your mind is jacked, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I always st- wanted to start a podcast. Like it's been a uh, in my mind like for six years. Really? And then COVID happened, and I was like, "Oh, it's time to go." What stopped you before? You just didn't have the time. Just life. And then I wasn't. I didn't have any like a topic that I would like to talk about. Like, I could yeah. talk about sports, I could talk about comedy, I could talk about anything, but who's going to listen? Gotcha. You know? Okay. So I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, you need a thing. When you, you that, the, I went through the same thing when I got into this. It's like, we're, you and I, we're, we're not names. So you need a topic to cling, you need a, a thing, a base where it's like, oh, that is why I'm listening to this because mm-hmm. this is its own section of this huge podcasting space. This is a defined area of what I'm listening to. You know, because no one knows, like, no one in Sweden is going to be like, oh, Abbas, they don't know who I am. You know, they don't know who we are. So they got to be like immigrant this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but you got to figure out what it was. For a while, I was like, cars, what, what, you know? Like, yeah. How how do you conceive your, your idea of your podcast? You know what? Because as I was doing more and more comedy, my stand-up, I realized my stand-up was slowly becoming about my immigrant stories of my life. I've and the very thing I've always run away from. I told you how it kind of at some point I was like, oh, when I got into stand up, I realized, oh, I've been running away from all this. A lot of my friends don't know any of these things. Mm. And here I am telling them on stage every night. So it's like I, I literally well, I'm like, what's the perfect title? In my high school, in the first floor, there was a corner that all the immigrants would hang out. <laughs> all the immigrants would. And even the white people, everyone, even white people called it the immigrant section. <laughs> OK. So it would just you just walk by and be like, yo, ah, you, yo, guy, don't you, you know, like one guy speaking this one guy just came to the country yeah. and they put any and, and they're like, just go there and find your bearings. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, that's the perfect name. And and that's the perfect vibe I want to instill. Just like come there, laugh, maybe learn some shit, but at least laugh. Mm, I love the story. I had that in high school, too, like the corner of like where you hang out. I love that story. That's that's excellent. Every high school had one, I think. I think Montreal probably, I feel like there's so many worldly people who end up in Montreal. It's not like London, Ontario. So your <laughs> yeah. high school probably had a, actually, what, how old were you when you came? Uh, 20. Okay, all right. So you skip, You passed, You were past all that. Oh, yeah. I'm past, I'm, I was like a man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was like a shock for me. to Like, I was a man and then came here, I become a child again. Did you, was you have any level of English at all? Yeah, I, I've always been good in English. Would you? Did you come in as a single man, or you came in with a family? I single man. I, How did you get in? Well, sorry, my mom came here and then yeah. supported us as a whole family. And then we came. 
Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. If that's, your mom's, yeah, that's okay, a normal okay. Filipino story. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, the mom, the bringing the kids, bringing the parents or the kids is this, like from an administrative point of view in an immigration, that is the strongest case. I'm bringing my child or my mom or my dad. Yeah. Bringing your brother is like and your sister that starts getting tough, and yeah. then bringing your cousin is impossible. Like what the f- no, that's not yeah. that's not gonna happen. Yeah, but, right. But I you think bring Edwin, 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 the gangbanger is not getting in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's selling crack over there, bro. Yeah, yeah. They're man. gonna take him straight to Scarborough. Exactly, <laughs> man. I remember to come here, dude. We had to do a lot of papers, and then we had to do um, physical. Yeah, and probably a, an interview, right? We didn't do interview, actually. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. No. But they, they wanted to make sure you guys didn't have tuberculosis or some <laughs> or some next-level Filipino shit. You know exactly, I mean? you know? <laughs> Eating dogs and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you, they just showed you a dog and a cat. Hungry? Like, <laughs> like weird racist tests. You're like, what the fuck is this? Official? Exactly, man. This Man, it was bad. But yeah, we moved here in Montreal when I was 20. I was like, man, this is good life right here, man. Yeah, it, bro. Every time I come Canada, I've, I I love Canada. I feel more when I'm in Sudan, I realize I'm a Canadian. You know what I mean? I'm I, like, I, I when I'm in Canada, I love to lean into being a Sudanese. But when I'm in Sudan, I realize like, yo, I'm like. I'm a, I, I'm this new breed. I'm, I'm bro. I'm in Sudan looking for Tim Hortons. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm trying to get a fucking number eleven grilled fucking Chipotle wrap right now with a two milk one sugar on the side. Hell you know? yeah, man! I I completely understand that when I went back home and just chilling, you know, and they were doing shit. I'm like, how do people live here? Like, how do they live? And then I realized, like, I didn't grow up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the craziest part. That's the craziest part. And what's the, the really the craziest part is how little our lives are different. That's mm. the part that shot. Like when I'm when I when I really get into the nitty gritty of like being like, I'll go to like when I was growing up, we would go to Sudan for three four months. I'd be in the villages, not the capital. And like a couple weeks into it, where I'm just like I'm not I'm just waking up now and just doing the village life the same little convos the same little like mm-hmm. gossips the same everything is almost literally the same like humans whatever our environment is we adapt to it and just become the same we gossip yeah. we talk shit some people fight it's like it's the exact same life regardless of a, if you're scooping water out of a vase every day <laughs> or you got it out of a tap it's the same shit dude that's the craziest part to me exactly so in sudan is there running water Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, like where are you from? Uh, like the no, village. like it's you. Once the pumps are working, like the power cuts all the time. It's very African. It's like the power is always cutting. So in Sudan, in Khartoum, in the capital, everyone has big water tanks on the roof, so mm. it's gravity fed. So that's good, right? Mm. But in the in the villages, it's like we have a big vase under the tree, so it's always shaded. And the village, everyone in the like, it's like a four or five house complex that. Like all of them, we share like a courtyard. Mm. Everyone just kind of gets water from there, refill it with the hose when the electricity is running. It pulls oh. it from the well. Where's the water from? The well. The drinking water is from a well. But uh, in Khartoum, we just get it, you know, like it's big, like, you know, like at least a hundred, hundreds of gallons. So it's mm. like from a processed water plant. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
in the Philippines we have water, obviously, but we had stupid pumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather have the pump, to be honest with you. I mean, I told you, half the time the power's cut in the village. You can't even run the water. Like, you can only have drinking water. You got to, like, and, like, there's, it's all, in the village, it's all you take bucket, you f get bucket, you heat it up, and then you go take a shower with that. Little at a time, put Hell it on yeah. your head. <laughs> yeah, like, you do, you, you, you rub the clothes together, oh, a yeah, bar of dude. soap. And then and then you go in the capital. There's like washing machines. Everyone <laughs> in the world doesn't use dryers. You'll find washing machine. But besides Canada, man, I can't find anyone in Switzerland, even like Switzerland, Africa, Middle East. Everyone hang dries. It's yeah, only it like sense. only the dryer is in Canada, and North America. Everyone uses a dryer. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Right. In the Philippines, the people usually hang dry, right? Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. No one yeah. has the money to buy a dryer, first of all. But I'm saying, even people who have the money to have a dryer, it's it's like no. almost like it's like a dryer. Like yeah. I'd be in nice places in uh, Switzerland where I was like, like there's no, I don't ever see a dryer. It's always just a washer. Yeah, I love when Damn. people here says, "I did the laundry." Like, did you really, or the machine did it for you? <laughs> Actually, I worked in China for a little bit back in 2017, bro, and mm. right outside Shanghai. And I remember Shanghai, man, you would see a brand new skyscraper. You know what I mean? Like Toronto skyscraper, <laughs> brand new. And like you see like every every three floors, like for a hundred <laughs> floors, there's just a line of clothes hanging from the from the balcony. Like a brand new skyscraper. <laughs> everyone, care, is hang, everyone is hang drying their shit, dude. That's, a, that's the thing about like people saying like Chinese people are rude. They're not rude. They're just. No. They don't driven. give a fuck. Exactly, yeah. they're driven. They got, oh, I don't have. I'm not gonna worry about you. I got like 50 million people I have to worry about. It's a different mindset there. There, it's like we have a word in the Arabic called Ayyab. Like it's like oh shame. It's like here, it's like if I'm talking to you, I can't just if I have a booger in my nose that's really bothering me, I can't just pull it out and toss it. Mm. You can in China. You know what <laughs> I mean? If I if I need to spit and I'm talking to you, it's weird to just be like. Yeah. You can oh, in China. Right in yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can in China. People just spit. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, it's the vibe of it is not like, oh, here, which is such a here vibe. Yeah, They're yeah. just like, yeah, my nose was itchy. What do you, what do you, you would think I'm going to wait till I'm done speaking to you, get this booger out of my nose? Yeah, they don't care, dude. They got to do what they got to do. That's why they're going to run the world there's, soon. There's billions of people, bro. You can't, you can't fucking be worried about this or that, man. China, you just go, 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 dude. Yeah, man. Have you seen that video of like this little kid dribbling basketball? Like, uh, like They're a like, specific video? I've seen like little like five-year-old basketball prodigy. No, like I've seen those like, videos. It's like a school of them. Like let's say fifty of them, like in a circle and dribbling the ball, and then they change the they change like in like oh, whatever. Oh, that's hilarious. That's oh. that twenty. That's literally mass. That's I have a poster here. You know the the twenty four the twenty six chambers of uh, oh what am I saying the thirty six chambers of Shaolin yeah 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 it's literally like that like they're going through the dribbling chamber and then they're gonna like they're literally creating perfect fucking athletes I know dude and here we're like oh you need oh you you join the the team oh you get this but uh, to me to be honest it sounds like an anime in the making you know cuz you have the china you have the chinese team that's been breeding players since they were born right mm -hmm. they're all regimented perfect like robots but out of out of uh, a diamond in the rough grows a, a weed grows through the concrete and like somewhere in like detroit 
this kid had no formal training, but somehow he reached the same like God level. It's like a Rocky story, man. I love it. <laughs> exactly, man. I mean, China, China is good in basketball, but they won't be as good as the States. It just, you know. It might just be a genetics thing too, dude. Hell yeah, you guys, like black the States people has a gene are the, pool. like physically are stronger, you know? Well, Afri- African-Americans, there's a gene pool in America that is present from like undeniably from all of the breeding of slavery that happened hundreds of years ago. Hell and yeah. now that, that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a white guy, so I get to say that <laughs> you, you see, there's a white dude that just got fired. That was like, cause it's because of their fast twitch muscles. They're oh, yeah, like, yeah, all, yeah, all, all the other white people just, you see them leaving the frame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, I'm just going to keep my pension and move to the left, you know, <laughs> exactly, yeah. you know, but you know, it's funny. You said fast twitch muscle. They actually has proven that there is a fast twitch muscle. Yeah, bro. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> making this stuff up. Like, I mean, I, I look like, did you, were you in sports? I was, I was not good, but I saw sports. I saw who dominated. I saw who was <laughs> killing. I saw like, like my butt, like my buddy used to be the juju, the judo champion of Canada. He like, mm. when he was like 18, like my university buddy, mm. And he was like, bro, man, I went to a meet. I went to just a state meet in like fucking Michigan or like Indiana. <laughs> and they were getting wrecked. Like the black dudes that were like that were in the, the his age, black dudes were murdered. He was the Canadian champion. <laughs> and he's now at the state like level, not the national U.S. level. And it's like now you're in the big leagues type deal. And he's yeah. like, bro, it's like well, there's no comparison type deal. Yeah, that happens a lot. I have a friend here, too. He's pretty good in basketball. He's actually a shooter. And then he told me, like, when I was younger, I was sent to the States to, to try out for a team. Dude, we did, like, a free throw shooting competition. No one missed, dude. <laughs> and he's like, I'm pretty good, but when I saw these motherfuckers, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, actually, I love that, dude. Dude, I love, I love those moments where you realize, dude, that's what happened in engineering, too, is <laughs> I met some motherfuckers that were supposed to be engineers mm. that really should be and want to be engineers. And you realize, oh, like, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like your buddy said. And my buddy said that, too. Like, he realized that I forget he used to be good at ball. But then he went to these camps where it'd be these young black dudes that already have two kids. And they're like <laughs> balling for a family future. Like, it's a different level than you're like, I want to make it. They're like, I got to make it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm hungry, bro. And my kids are hungry. Yeah, exactly. Like, this isn't a game for me. I'm not just here and uh, no one's hugging me when I get back. Like, I'm trying to cre- I'm trying to, like, secure the future for the, my fucking a generation here. Exactly. I remember when before I moved into Canada, I said, you know, what? I want to I was excited to meet black people. Yeah. OK. Because I, I was it. like, oh, they're so cool and everything, you know, and I want to play with them basketball because, you know, you, they're pretty good. It's like I want to yeah. play, you know. So we got I got it not in this league and I was playing with these black guys, some of them like my height. Dude, they were doing 360 on me. I'm like, bro, I don't know basketball, man. I thought I was pretty good. That's so funny, man. They were dunking on me. I'm like, holy fuck, man. You weren't even mad. Yeah, you weren't even mad. No, I'm like, I'm going to stay like, away. Damn, dude. this is everything I wanted and more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, it just like knocks you down, you know? Imagine there was a black dude that went to the court like, I hope I play with a Filipino today. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, most of the black guys li- likes Filipinos because we're yeah, shooters 100%. and we're quick, you know? No, 
Oh, black and Filipino go like this. I'm telling you, because yeah. Filipinos are so talented with singing, dancing. Like there, uh, there is like, and I had a Filipino comedian, Big Norman. I had him on, mm. and uh, he's fucking, he's dope as shit. And I was asking him like, why are Filipino people so talented? Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I think it's because like people we got conquered so many times that we just learned to just make the best of it and we learned to entertain ourselves regardless of the conquerors so it's like every filipino gathering someone will be like uh you, you know his name was norm so like norman go, go uh, norman you play piano for everyone or sing for everyone or <laughs> yeah. dance for everyone he's like that. Yeah, exa- see, so that's a thing that's only Filipinos or maybe other people have it. I don't know. But that's something I never knew that you guys would be forced to entertain each other. That's how Ooh. you all just just through evolution of growing up in that culture. You mm. come up all being able to sing, all being able to at least move a little. Yeah, exactly. I remember when I was 13, bro, I was like pushed on a, like a stage to sing a whole a whole album of this band, Filipino band. I, just, I sang it because I'm going to get beat if I don't do it. I love that, man. In Sudan or Sudanese culture, dude, there's zero. Bro, I grew up so Muslim. My mom, my parents took me out of music class. <laughs> I swear to God. They're like, bro, this, if he, I did a bit on this on stage. Then, mm. you know, they're like, if he, if he learns the recorder, this God story is not going to add up. To him, you know what I mean? <laughs> we got to get him out of this class quick. <laughs> no, no, These no, instruments this, this will no open his mind. You know what I mean? Like, Man, you would have been nice or... Marvin Gaye, you know? Well, I knew it all. That's that's why I'm obsessed with music because it was something like, it was like, oh, don't people listen to music? Put Quran on. Imagine like you were growing up and your mom was always telling you, play like bi- like Bible recitation. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was my whole life. Like, like you come in the house, the Quran is blasting in the stereo. Oh. Like it's constant, like, <laughs> like a mosque. They're telling you, man, you're a Manchurian candidate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny, man. But I gotta rewatch that movie. You've made so many fucking references to it. You know, I'm like, I hope he doesn't ask a follow up question. You know, like, <laughs> I've seen it, but fuck, not that recently. Yeah, well, we, we you forget, dude. I definitely did. You know, but um, do you still practice uh, being a Muslim or? No, just spiritually. You know what I mean. I just, you know, be a good person, treat others how you want to be treated, that kind of shit. But yeah. I'm not praying five times a day or anything like that. And I was praying five times a day for most of my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Random question. Do Muslims yeah. believe in ghosts? Yes. Okay. I, I we, don't believe know. In, we believe in something called jinn. Oh, uh, like the genie. Which is, well, yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. a genie comes out of a bottle, which is like a jinn is like the spirit that we say is around you all the time type deal. So in that sense, I guess there's ghosts. Yeah. Or is, is it an entity or a force around you? No, like an entity. Like, oh, the jinn. It's like I, I almost talked of like ghosts, spirits. And and if you do something bad, they'll fuck you up? Yeah, yeah. It's like I, there's a million things. Like maybe like say this prayer before you do this so the jinn don't get you or this. The jinn can see when you fuck up doing A, B, or C. Like there's a million it. of those. I, there's... The Quran is thick, dude. There's a million parables. You, you, I don't know, you know? We have those too, man. Growing up, I hated those things. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, I like... remember one time, it was like nighttime, and I was clipping my nails. Yeah. And I, I think it was my grandma, it was my aunt. They're of like... course, an old person, <laughs> an old woman, for sure. They're like, oh, don't do that. I said, why? 
your mom's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Till this day, my mom will be like, "Don't take a shower at sunset." You yeah, know what I mean? like I do. Don't take a shower at sunset. Like it's gotta either be dark or light. If you you're fucked if you try to bathe during the transition. You know, what I mean? like your your spirit, your body, your soul is fucked if you dare to shower during the transition of light and night. For us, it was don't take a shower at night because you're gonna get sick. <laughs> I was like, what? And I remember oh. one night, my uncle like tricked me. Hey, yeah. he's like, come over here, come over. And he splashed water at me. Dude, I was yeah. so scared. I thought I was going to get sick, like really sick. My grandma, so my grandpa was so pissed. Dude, I, my mom would tell me, don't take a shower when there's like a thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You know, you know as, if, as if like when lightning or thunder happens, it's going to like <laughs> conduct its way to your water in the shower, I guess. <laughs> No, it doesn't make sense. I that's know. my favorite part about it, though. Like, it doesn't I, make sense. I love it. I love it. Oh, till this day, this is the one you'll love the most. Till this day, my mom will be like, keep the bathroom door closed. Never leave that bathroom door open. I, and my mom would be like, what do you mean? I'm like, why? She's like, what do you mean? Demons. Demons are in that bathroom. You keep it closed. She's mad. She's not playing. You keep that bathroom door closed. Close it. What? That's the Arabic word demons? for, yeah, the Arabic word for demons is shawatin. The bathroom has demons in it, bro. That's why you don't eat in the bathroom. That's why you don't talk in the bathroom. I'm telling you, bro. The list goes on and on, man. I can go on this stuff forever, man. <laughs> I, I still man with those crazy like, don't take a nap under a tree. You're gonna be paraplegic. Yeah, it's like what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those don't even make sense, right? Exactly. Anyways, I think we're there, my man. Before we go, do you have any last remarks for the listeners? Oh, man, that's a, they've been a, been a blast, man. This is actually super, super fun. You got to come do mind shit soon. Mm, of course. Uh, but yeah, just check out the Immigrant Section podcast. Check out my YouTube channel, Abbas Wahab. Hopefully, you'll be able to put a link on it. I dropped, uh, I just dropped a new series uh, I like to put called Why Did They Make This Car? You know, I've always loved cars. And uh, I think some of them just, who, why did they make the Nissan Juke? Why did they make the Pontiac Aztec? Why did they make the uh, the Plymouth Prowler? So I just dropped the Plymouth Prowler episode today, and I dropped the Aztec episode last week. So if you like cars, check that out. And if you like immigrants, check out the podcast. Besides that, just fucking don't get COVID, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Again, Abbas, thank you for doing the podcast. I really do appreciate it, man. And this was a blast. Legit. This was legitimately a blast. This was awesome, man. Sorry thank I didn't you. respond sooner, man. I just so fucked good. up. It's all good. It's all good, bro. All right. Have a good evening. You too, homie. Bye. Peace. Again, Abbas, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for continued listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. See you guys later.